guys are awesome. It's so much fun to see you all here today. Thank you for allowing me an opportunity to come and share on one of my favorite topics, and that is Jesus. And so this morning, before we get into the word, let's pray, okay? Father, this morning, right now, in this place, you have a word for us. You have something that you want to speak to each one of our hearts. And God, would you take your word, take the words that are coming out of my mouth and just shape them to whatever it is that each person needs to hear. Because God, we all fight battles, but the battle is the Lord's. And you've already won. In the name of Jesus, everybody said... Man, all right, you already got it down, all right, Pastor Ben, thank you for that nice introduction, and good morning, good morning. This week, as I have been preparing this, actually uh, several weeks, um, I found my brain fuzzy, unfocused, distracted. You sit down, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go, and then it's like all over the place, your brain a million things pop up. My to-do list gets longer. I'm thinking about that. The five people that I've been trying to get a hold of all day long text me back at that moment. Um, it's, it's just it's one of those things. Like your, your brain just goes spinning, spinning, spinning. And that's when we know that there is something good that's gonna about, about to happen because the enemy is just like doing his thing to try to get it all messed up. Has anyone ever had that trouble? You sit down, you're going to have your quiet time, right? It's like, okay, I finally get a chance to sit here and have a little time with Jesus. <sighs> Fall asleep. Or the brain, the list, everything starts going. In that moment, when the time takes it, it, when it's time to pray, read your Bible, connect with your spouse, spend time with your child, things that will make a significant change in your deeper spiritual place, something tries to wedge its way in and mess it up. Sometimes, though, it's even bigger than that. Maybe you had a huge, none of you, of course, maybe you had a huge struggle even getting here to church today. Shoes were lost, milk was spilled, you had a fight with your spouse on the way here. Trust me, I know, this happened to us too. Um, and you arrived and you wondered, why am I even here? Because I can't even concentrate on worship. The words aren't even registering what she is having to say. But you know what? Right now, right here, you are in the perfect place because we are going to talk about something that we all fight with day in, day out, different levels, different things, but we all fight it. And it's called spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Now, I know that that phrase can trigger a lot of different reactions, right? It's like, whoa, Pastor Joni, I'm just a normal person. I don't go looking for little demons under everybody's rock or, you know, I'm just, I'm just a normal person. I don't, I don't look for all of that weird stuff. Or, I'm a farmer, I'm a teacher, I just kind of keep my head down, stay in my lane, right? So before you take out your phone and you decide you're going to check out for a few minutes, give me a chance to teach you what God says. 
about spiritual warfare, what the Bible says about spiritual warfare, because it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing we deal with every day. So, but here's a quick spoiler. It's not spooky. It's not mystical. And it's not weird. Spiritual warfare is a reality of Satan working to prevent us from knowing what God's heart is and being an effective tool to reach other people for Jesus. The last few weeks, Pastor Ben has taken us on, an, on a journey to talk about the Holy Spirit. Have you enjoyed that? Yeah, I have too. We've learned about the Holy Spirit. Last week, he talked about um, evangelism, or a couple weeks ago, about evangelism. We've talked about all kinds of stuff. Last week, we even talked about the significance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the, op the opportunity that we have to invite the Holy Spirit to be a part, an increasingly bigger part of everyday life. You know, it's, it's, it's been a privilege. I talk to a lot of you. I, I love talking to you guys. It's one-on-one, one-on-group. And, you know, I, I just see the Lord moving in your lives deeper and deeper. What's that, even, what's that even look like? Well, maybe it's you telling your neighbor, your friend, whatever, about Jesus. Giving them a chance to accept Jesus in their heart. Or maybe just inviting them to church. I know I was talking to a, a lady and she said that she has started up a Bible study for her neighbors, for her friends. Um, because we're all increasing in the way that we're following Jesus. He has a plan for each one of our lives. He has something special, sp significant, that he wants you to go after, that he's calling you to do. And today, today we're going to get a few more tools in our tool belt to fight the enemy and what he's doing. Um, amen, amen. Um, God is moving in this church. And, and while we celebrate the victories, the Bible is clear that there is a constant battle for our souls. When people are coming to Jesus, Satan, our enemy, is upset. He doesn't want that to happen ever. He doesn't want to lose any territory ever because he likes to be the one gaining territory in our lives, not us, not Jesus, not the progression to follow Jesus with a full heart. And so when we recognize that, that in the moments that we are making progress, that we realize, too, that the enemy is going to try to take us out at the knees. All right? He does not like that at all. Um, God wants you to be aware of the spiritual world and the things that go on so that in our spirit we're feeling it, maybe not seeing something in our physical eyes. Maybe we're not going... Well, I see that. Sometimes there is a visible thing. But sometimes in the, in, the, in the physical world, we can't see it, but we can feel it. Something's not right here. There's a reason for this thing, this person, whatever. And so, but before we, we define warfare, let me give you just a little bit. Um, there are four kinds of evils. If you want to kind of categorize them, four kinds of evils in this world. One is just a natural thing. Um, so when Adam and Eve fell, when they, when, when they fell, when they sinned originally, they 
caused also nature to lose its, to lose its, its uh, purity. And so we get earthquakes and we get mudslides and we get blizzards and we get, we get ice storms and we get tornadoes and we get these things in the natural world that will destroy, right? So we've got the natural world. We've got also human evil. People are created with a free will. We are all created with a free will. We get to choose. And sometimes people choose very poorly. They choose to do wrong. They choose to do evil. And um, so we, we, we see this evil, mm, this evil tendency because they don't know Jesus, because they've not been renewed in their hearts. And so that, that, that evil, that free will becomes a thing. Now, sometimes that feeds into what we're going to talk about in a little bit. But the third group is the trouble that we bring on ourselves. How many of you have ever made a bad decision? Mm-hmm. One that maybe was contrary to things that God has for your life. Well, we would sometimes make a bad choice about what we eat or how much of it, what we drink where we go, who we hang out with, um, what we choose to say. Um, and all of these things have natural consequences, right? So if we have a natural consequence, then we have to live with that. Is that a spiritual warfare? Well, I guess the enemy can come at you at certain things, but sometimes it's just our own stupidity, if you want to call it that. And uh, so that is not what we're talking about. So we're not talking about the natural world. We're not talking about people's choices. We're not talking about our, choi- our bad choices. But the spiritual warfare that we're going to talk about, the fourth one, is honestly really hard to define because it's not tangible. So it can be as seemingly innocent as the things that I mentioned earlier, like the text coming in when I'm trying to spend time with Jesus. Now, is that innately bad? No, but it's distracting, right? It's distracting to what the Lord wants to speak to me when I'm having to think about all these other things. Um, it's the unexplainable stuff that happens when we're minding our own business. The temptation that comes out of nowhere. The coworker or boss that goes off on us for seemingly no reason, the attraction to a movie, a TV series, website, books that glorify the darkness. Don't go there. The fear that strikes as we're making good decisions. These are spiritual warfare. The uncertainty that the enemy throws at you as you are spending more time with Jesus and you're trying to apply God's word in your life. That's when the enemy's like, Mm-mm-mm. we're not going to let that go. We got we to derail this right now because the enemy hates losing ground. 1 Peter 5.8 says, your enemy, the devil, prowls a lot around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking for someone to devour. It's not, it's not just, it's not just, he's just kind of prowling around. No, he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you, especially if you're trying to make ground, if you're trying to progress in what the Lord has called you to do. And you're like, well, I, I'm just, I'm just, 
trying, I'm just trying to read. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to apply God's word to my life. And the enemy, the lion, who's prowling around, says, that's not going to happen. I'm taking you out before that happens. Um, he wants to keep you ignorant of his ways. But if he can't do this, he'll discourage or frustrate or even try to take you out so you cannot retain, so he can retain his control. His fear is that you will disregard his whispers and focus your attention that God says he's for you and not against you. That God says he walks beside you and he will never leave you. That God says he has a plan and a good plan for your life. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. That he can use all of your pain, your sorrow, and your mistakes for his glory. These are the things that the enemy does not want you to even think about. Because God has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. And we want to walk in his plan. We want to walk in that plan. Sometimes we blame all these negative issues that we have with people, situations on coincidence. Um, but if we look a little deeper, there's something else going on. Now, um, I've been leading worship here at ASA for a really long time. And um, Wednesday nights, we have a practice, try to get everything all ironed out for all of the things that are going on. So, you know, these guys, they, they've practiced twice up here. They have been working on this. They took it home. And so after Wednesday night, get it all ironed out. And people have practiced. They're prayed. They're here. And I can pretty much guarantee what this looked like this morning. I wasn't here for practice. But I'm almost 100% sure that there were all kinds of complications that there were some cords that weren't working, that there was a buzz in the system, that maybe even the projection system wasn't working, that there was a rhythm that was off that they figured out on Wednesday that wasn't off. Because you know what? The enemy doesn't want us to worship. What does worship do? Worship breaks the strongholds that could be tying us up and in worship, our heart is opened up to the things of God. It gets our eyes off of us, off of our situations, and gets it on the great I am. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. When we get our eyes off of ourselves and our puny little situations, which seem really big, just saying, they seem really big, but to us, when we get our eyes off of ourselves and we go, hallelujah, holy, holy, God almighty, the great I am, you are worthy. What does that do to our spirit? Refocuses us. It refocuses us. And we all of a sudden have different eyes. We have diff different eyes to see. So, so what happens when all of that is going on? Laura, I'm sure that you were going, what is the deal this morning? She's trying to leave these people. We stop. That's what happens. We stop. We say, we know what this is. This is spiritual warfare. 
And how do you break through spiritual warfare? You pray. You pray. It's like, okay, God, you know what's going on here. You know why the frustration. You know why. And because the enemy wants to divide, wants to cause there to be a rift between Lana and Rich and John and these guys that are up here, they're trying to work together musically. And in the name of Jesus, we declare that he is bigger, his way is stronger, and it breaks. It breaks. It may not break at that moment, but when they get back up here to do what they just did beautifully, thank you, worship team, when they do that, God is given all the glory. God is given the glory. So um, in Ephesians 6.12, it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil. That's our struggle. Our struggle, you know, we can identify it. And sometimes we're like, why is that person doing that? What is going on with them? Or why am I feeling like this? And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, my struggle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and dark places and the spiritual forces that we have to fight against. It may be something coming at you, and you're like, whoa, I don't know what that is. But when we take it and we say, okay, let's identify this. Let's put our hand on it, and let's say, this is what's going on. It's not what we can see with our naked eye, but it's what we can feel in our spirit. There's something going on there. John 10.10, it says, the thief, Satan, comes to, what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life, abundant, full life. He wants to come close. He wants us to come close so that we can have that abundant life. The past weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and how he comforts and convicts and directs and gives extra power boosts with the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe some of you, last week, you took a step and you're like, came to the altar, or you sat, at your, you sat in your chair in your seat and you're like, God, I just want more of you. Whatever that is. If it's of you, I want it. I want it. Because you know what? A good father doesn't give bad stuff to his kids. A good father has good gifts to give to his children. So if we say, God, whatever you got, I don't know what it is. I don't understand everything. But if it's from you, I want it. Um, and he's not going to let, he's not gonna let the, the enemy give you something that's a fake because God gives good gifts to his children. Um, so if you came to the altar and, and, and maybe you took extra time for reading this week and prayer and you're like, oh, just seeking that. Um, uh, a little while ago, we were singing a song that, that referenced that we fight on our knees. That's prayer. That's prayer. We realize that we're not strong enough to do ourselves, but we surrender and we pray and we put God in control. You know, it's interesting to me, um, a verse that Gary and I found for our son, Tim. A long time ago, Tim was really into athletics. He was, he was our athlete. Nathan has become an athlete-ish. Um, he's, 
Okay, he plays volleyball. Um, but Tim was our athlete. And so we, we said, Tim, we have a verse for you. We found a verse in 1 Timothy. Is it up there? Yes. Train yourself to be godly. I want you to think about that for you. Train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for some things. All things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. In 1 Timothy 4, Paul is telling, is telling Timothy, says, train yourself to be godly. You know, some of you enjoy the whole gym scene thing. Um, go to the gym, lift weights, do all of that. Uh, not me. But uh, you, you might enjoy doing that. But the, the, the whole gym thing is a training, right? You are training yourself to run or to, or to lift or you're giving you know, strength or whatever it is. And as you're training yourself in your body, you are doing something good for your body. What would happen if you trained every day for your spirit? What would happen? Train yourself to be godly. Because this is going to be something that you're not going to pull a muscle and be out for a while. Because that training, okay, it might pull a muscle in a sense that you have to actually apply a truth of the Bible to your life which is sometimes a little scary. It's like, oh yeah, the word says be kind and compassionate. And then that person cuts you off in traffic and you're like, hmm, kind and compassionate. Or you have a situation at work. You have a situation at school. You have a situation at the mall. You have a situation at the grocery store, at Menards. Whatever it is, wherever you go, wherever you hang out. And all of a sudden, you get to apply those things. Train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. You know, it's worth it though. Because when our bodies stop hurting, when we apply those truths to our life, all of a sudden, we're going to realize our response is a little different. Our responses are different. And we go, okay, all right, I can live with that. I, I'm a little proud of that. Because you know what? I used to really mm, just want to go off on that person. Okay, maybe you didn't. Maybe Beth, you're really, yeah, thank you. Beth is relating to me here. Um, yeah, as we, as, we, as we have our, like our, our thing that we do every year, every day, everything, as we're going in and we're going after God. He's like, okay, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. The training to be godly. Training to be godly. Um, in John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Remember? So we're going to train ourselves not to listen to the steal, kill, and destroy. We're going to live an abundant life. James 4.8 says, come near to God. As we're training ourselves to be godly, what are we doing? We're coming near to God. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. But it's interesting, because in James 4, 7, the verse right before it, it says, submit yourself to God. Resist to the devil, 
and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So what are we doing? We're leaning on the strength of God so we can resist the devil because we're coming near to him. And he is doing what? He's coming near to us. He's coming near to us. Wow. Training. Coming near. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to be with him. This is not a, you can come, you can gravel at my feet occasionally, maybe get an, get a, get an appointment. He says, come on, come near to me and I will come near to you. What an opportunity, guys. What an opportunity that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords invites us to come near, to come near. Um, this is a cause and effect, and it's interesting because if we lean on him, he will help us resist the devil. So what kind of steps can we take to come near to God? Well, we, we already talked about the first one. The first one is pray in the spirit. Um, Ephesians 6, 18 says, and pray in the spirit. We talked about prayer just a little bit ago. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, and with this in mind, be alert for what? For who? For the enemy. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So this is like right at the end of, you know, we started off with our, our struggles not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers and dark places. And then Paul in that place, he's talking about the armor of God, which we won't go into today, which is an important part too. But then he says, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, prayer. Prayer. Prayer is important. So that's number one. Number two, be aware of what you're thinking. Watch what you're thinking. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, The weapons that we fight are not the, fi the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. Watch what you think about. Before you allow a negative thought to enter in your mind, I like to think of it like grab it. You know, he's, he's throwing stuff at you. He's throwing stuff, and you're like, whoa, no. We are not, that's not coming in my head. Not today. Not today. Um, take it captive and throw it out in the name of Jesus. You may be thinking, what's that even mean? How does that even work? How do we do that? Well, it's interesting because, you know, the enemy, he, he likes to make things not happen when he sees that they might. Okay? So this last few weeks, Pastor Ben has he, he, he pitched out this whole opportunity thing of preaching. He pitched it out to me, and he says, you know, you really should do it. <laughs> and my first response was, you, yeah, thank you. No, uh, no. Uh, and then it was like, no, really, I, I think you should do this. Yikes. Two weeks ago, like literally two weeks, as I'm thinking about this and terrified, 
I've had this conversation with Melissa. I've had it with Bobby. I've had it with Christine. I've had it with a number of you people and just individual. I'm, I'm cool with individual. Maybe a, like a teaching setting or something. You know, Wednesday night, that would be okay. But this, this is like way out of my comfort zone. I love it. I love looking at you and getting to teach and getting to, to tell you about how, how we can fight these battles because I have literally been fighting for two weeks, okay? Literally been fighting. Um, the enemy has brought up every insecurity, everything that maybe past failures, anxieties, fears, I'm not the preacher in the family. We had a different one of those. That wasn't, Tim is a preacher. Gary was a preacher. My spot, doing guitar, a piano, microphone, doing something. This is, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is not necessarily where I have had experience. Um, not giving a sermon. What can I even say that will make a difference in your life? These are all things that, that, that my head, these little head games, right? Um, maybe I should just call Ben, Pastor Ben, and say, I'm out. Literally two weeks ago. And then Kristen and I were having a little conversation. And she says, I can't wait to hear what you're saying. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that means I, I'm kind of obligated. I was like, okay, all right, Lord. So this is what I did. When I thought, I can't do this. I reminded myself of where I find my strength and that God equips each of us with a story and a calling that will impact the people in our lives. And in this moment, that is exactly, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I rebuked the enemy and I said, you can't talk to me like that. When if I, and I, then I thought, well, what if I don't do it right? You know, it's a, I reminded myself of whose I am. I am his chosen and beloved child. And when I step out in obedience, I'm doing exactly what he's called me to do. Not because it's easy, because I'm doing it scared. I'm doing it scared. I'm doing it, I'm doing it because God has asked me to do it. And how many of us have to do stuff scared sometimes? Surely, when you went on your first medical missions thing, did you do it? Because you have nothing confident. I know what I'm doing. You probably did it scared. But God is good, and he helps us. And then when I said, Lord, this is really, really hard. This is really hard. I reminded myself of the truth that if God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? And honestly, I reminded myself that this last year, there have been a lot of things that I've done that are a lot harder than this. And God has always been with me every step of the way. Every step. And I guess hard things mean growth. Hard things mean growth. God is for you. 
who can be against you? What is God calling you to do in obedience? What is he calling you to do? It's not easy, but it might be just the right thing to help you grow. So when I started saying these truths, I'm quoting scripture, my spirit calmed down slightly, and believing what God says about me puts my head in a lot better space. God speaks, and if we listen and apply, good stuff happens, good stuff. Um, Don't invite the enemy into your mind, set him down at the table in your head, and bring him cookies and coffee. All right, I mean, how many of you have ever served the enemy cookies and coffee in your head? All right. You may go, I don't even know what she's saying with that. That's, you know, when you invite somebody in and you you treat them hospitably, this is not what we're going to do with the enemy anymore, you guys. All right? Today is the end of the cookies and coffee with the enemy. Today, you are not going to feed him any more cookies and coffee. This is when we're drawing the line and we're saying, you can't even come in this house. This is no longer, there's no welcome sign on this house anymore because God has something bigger, stronger, mightier for you, for you, for you. So let's seal up those entrances, okay? Um, uh, close the doors and the cracks that the enemy has been crawling through. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, in your anger do not sin. And do not let the sun go down when you're angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. All right? When we are angry and we don't release it, we give the devil a foothold. Now, do you remember that example of the fight in the car on the way to church? Again, theoretical, of course, because none of you had a fight in the car on the way to church today. Um, If you continue, if you forgive, you, you, or if you refuse to forgive, what happens? It, it's like a rock in your shoe. You're trying to walk with a rock in your shoe, and you're just, you're giving a blister to yourself, and you're like, I don't know why my shoe doesn't feel good, and it's just, just this injury that goes on, and it causes you to be upset all day long. If you don't release, and you don't forgive, you give the devil a foothold. No more footholds. No more cracks. No more opening the door to the devil, the enemy, the one who wants to destroy you. He is for you, not against you. So let's seal up those entrances. So when are you most vulnerable? Studies say that when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, so watch yourself, because the enemy knows where you are really comfortable. The temptations that could, he, he can't read our minds, but he knows the patterns. He's got observers watching for your pattern. And when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, those kind of, those, those kind of open us up. Watch yourself, because the enemy is right in, comes right in. So let's just be careful. The enemy can't read your mind. 
but don't let him have a foothold. Okay? Let's don't let him have a foothold. The final tool. So we have pray in the spirit. We have be aware of what you are thinking. And number three, worship changes your perspective. We talked about this a little bit ago. When we declare the name of Jesus and we sing of what he has done, the grip that the enemy has on our thoughts has to release. He has to release. 2 Samuel 22 says, 22.4 says, I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm 13, 5 and 6 says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Mm. And Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy with my song. I praise him. There are so many verses, especially Psalms, really heavy with what happens when we praise. Um, but you don't have to be an amazing singer to worship God. <laughs> that's good. That right, Steve? That's good. Um, you don't have to be an amazing singer. You don't have to play an instrument. You don't have to do any of that. There's some pretty good resources out there that we have that, that you know, you could make a playlist on Spotify. You can go to YouTube. You can, um, you can download songs onto your phone, or you can just listen to them on the, on the internet. Um, just make sure that they're songs that glorify God, okay? The, the ones, if you're trying to fight something in your spirit, and you're listening to stuff that is contrary, you kind of... You're kind of messing with things, okay? So let's, let's just be careful what we're listening to, how we're applying this, because the enemy wants to come in and destroy what God is up to, all right? If you need any, like, suggestions, you can talk to Pastor Ben or Pastor Sterling or me, and we can give you some ideas. Maybe you have a certain, like, genre of songs that you are, of, of music you like. Um, we can come up with something in that. A lot of the, a lot of the songs that we sing um, are on Caleb. So if you want to listen to Caleb, that's a radio station for those who don't know. Um, I know that, that, uh, that there's, there's just, there's a lot of music out there, a lot of choices, but you don't have to sit there and say, I, I, I don't know, I can't sing. The lyrics are out there, they're on the internet. You know, th these people, they, they put them out there for us to be able to see those. So, um, Listening to lyrics that are about the Lord will change your perspective every day. Every day. So if you think about it, what are, those, what are the three things? Pray in the Spirit, be aware of what you're thinking, and worship. So I did this. Because, again, enemy is trash-talking, remember? He's kind of messing with my head, and he's like, oh, you, you got nothing to say. You got nothing to say. And so I sat down on my piano, and I was worshiping. And I looked up scriptures in my Bible, and I was applying them. And I was being careful what was coming into my mind. So today, you may be thinking, Joni, this sounds great. 
I don't know what to do with all this. What am I supposed to do with all this information? I'm too messed up. My family's too messed up. My situation's too far gone. I got nothing. I got no application for this. Sounds great, theoretical. Go for it. Have fun. I'm saying today that the enemy is trash-talking you. He's talking smack. He is telling you stuff that is not true. Telling you stuff that is not true and because he is the one who wants to take you out, put you on the ground, steal, kill, and destroy, right? The enemy has a plan for your life too, but it's not a good one. Our God has a good plan for you. Would just the worship team come on up while we're, I'm finishing up here? You might need to close some doors. You might need to clean, clean up some of those cracks that the enemy is getting into. Because we don't want the enemy to have direct access into your head anymore. He's not coming into your heart anymore. He's not coming into your family anymore. Because you know what? Your family needs you to close those cracks. Your family needs you to close those doors that are not places where the enemy is going to come in anymore. Seal them up in the Holy Spirit. Seal them up by the power of God. Use truth from God's word and let's seal up those places. You may need to ask the Lord to help you with your thought life. I'm going to say that again. You may need to ask the Lord for some help with your thought life. So that you do not present opportunities for the enemy to get in. Throw them out. Take those thoughts captive in the name of Jesus. You are a chosen and loved child of God. And no one gets to talk to you like that anymore. No one. Well, some of you may say, well, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't know if I am a child of God. We can fix that. All you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart to forgive you for the things that you've done and to come and be the Lord of your life. So this morning, would you stand with me, please? This morning, I'm going to pray with two groups. First group is the ones who need to know that they are a chosen and loved and adored child of God. If you don't know that you are, today's the day. So would you close your eyes, please? If that's you, if you're like, I don't know, or I know that I'm not, would you raise your hand? Just kind of catch my eye. Raise your hand. I don't know, Pastor Joni. I, I'm fighting. I'm fighting hard. And I don't know if I'm a child of God. And then the second group. Do you have some places that you need to seal up? If you have some cracks, you have some holes, you have some places that the enemy maybe even has a four-way freeway coming into your head and your mind. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, 
Jesus, today is the beginning of the crack sealing, of the hole fixing, of the wall mending, because the battle belongs to the Lord. Jesus, I just pray for my friends here right now. God, for those who are uncertain if they know you or not. And God, I just pray in the name of Jesus, I just pray that they would know, that they would realize that you have a plan for their life. And they would say, Jesus, I need you. I've sinned. I've done wrong. But I'm hearing today that you pay the price for my salvation. Would you come in and be my Lord? Come in and save me and help me and help me seal up these cracks and know that there's someone on my team. I feel so alone in this world. And Jesus, I pray for those who have raised their hands and they said, yeah, I got cracks. I got holes. I, I may have a large crater that I have let the enemy come in and go out. But in the name of Jesus, today I declare that you are going to seal up those cracks, that I am going to seal up those cracks, that we are going to close them off because your battle needs to be won. And God, today I need a victory. Today the battle belongs to the Lord. And he will win it. So Lord, help us. God, we need you. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. Jesus, if, if, this, if this was your prayer, if you're like, I need that, I would love to pray with you. There are, there are some of us that are going to be up here and, you know, there's, there's plenty of time. The band is going to play that battle belongs to the Lord. And just hold tight. Just hold tight for just a couple minutes. And I'm going to be down here. Pastor Ben will be down here. Maybe Pastor Sterling, if you want to come down here, um, the worship team or the, the prayer team can come up. Let us pray with you. Let us pray with you. The battle belongs to the Lord, and he's already won it. Take the victory. Take the victory in the name of Jesus. Team, would you take us in?
You win. 
fight on my knees with my hands lifted high oh god the battle belongs to you and every fear i'll lay at your feet i'll sing through the night oh god the battle belongs to you when i fight as a weapon. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, the conquering king. Amen. Amen. If you still need prayer, feel free to come up. Thank you. God bless you. Have a blessed